This is episode 422, How to Make Sense of Your Intuition with Michaela. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Intuition. That is a subject that I love talking about and that I feel so many of us have questions about. I know when I was younger, I would look at people that I felt had an amazing intuition, some that may even be called psychic, and I thought, wow, I wish I could have that. And we all do to varying degrees. We all have the gift of intuition. Some people have more gifts that we might call psychic or maybe mediums. We all have the gift and the ability to connect to our intuition. And I'll do a coach's corner on that soon, about how you can connect more to your intuition, the different types of intuition and so on, because it is something I get asked a lot about. And often, once we do open up our connection to our intuition, it can still be confusing, meaning we might get an intuitive message and not know exactly what to do with it. And that's what we explore in my call today with Michaela. So as you're listening to this call, consider... Do you feel like your intuition is telling you something and you're not exactly sure what it means or what to do with it? Have you had a life of lots and lots of doing and you feel this huge desire to just be, but at the same time, it terrifies you? Are you someone that is good at receiving or are you better at giving? And finally, are you willing to carve the time out for yourself and change behaviors to connect more deeply with your inner child so that you can feel safe in your body? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my call with Michaela. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, which is Caraway. Good looking, clean cooking. Caraway's internet famous kitchenware is a staple for any home and comes in a variety of modern shades. Caraway Homes non-toxic kitchenware features a chemical-free ceramic coating so food can be prepared with peace of mind with no hard-to-produce chemicals that will leach into your healthy ingredients. You've probably heard me talk about Caraway before. I love their cookware. I love the way it looks. It's so pretty. You can leave it out on your stove. It almost is a decoration. And I love that I can trust that no harmful chemicals are leaching into my food. And I love that it's easy to clean up. I've bought many non-toxic cookware before, and it's just really hard to clean. Things stick to it, no matter how much I follow the instructions. And in my life today, I don't have time to be scrubbing pans for minutes at a time. So knowing that I have a non-toxic set of cookware that also is easy to care for, oh, makes my life so much easier. You can get your Caraway cookware. They also have food storage containers as well at carawayhome.com slash over it and get 10% off your purchase. It's exclusive for my listeners. So go to carawayhome.com, C-A-R-A-W-A-Y-H-O-M-E.com slash over it, or use promo code over it at checkout for your 10% off of Caraway cookware. And now on to my call with Michaela. Michaela, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thank you so very much for, first of all, for having me on here today. It's really, really such an honor and such a privilege. And 
what I would like to dive into a little bit today is, so I'm a transformational imposter syndrome and transformational coach. I have only started my coaching practice last year in January. So I jumped, I left the corporate world after I think like 25 years. Wow. And the business has been going really well, considering it's just the second year of my coaching. And over the last few months, I've been feeling this kind of really, really strong pull towards completely letting go in my business. And I don't mean it like letting go, you know, giving up or anything like that, but pull in terms of stop doing and just listen Mm. to my intuition completely. Mm. And, you know, I'm strongly spiritual. So I feel like I'm very connected with my intuition and I'm really, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've done a lot of work around releasing of my doing, (laughs) um, dropping into my being, done a Mm. lot of work with my coaches and my tantric teacher and my feminine and everything. But this pull that I'm feeling, I'm a little bit confused Mm -hmm. because if I am not sure whether this is actually my intuition, first of all, it's scary just to stop completely and then really allow this to be however long. Mm-hmm. Um, what feels scary uh, about it? It feels, well, what's, it's, uh, I think that that part of how long can that last? <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. does that mean just to completely stop? So I'm the only breadwinner. My husband is after brain cancer. So I feel responsible, obviously, for bringing money in. Your husband is what? After brain cancer. Oh, okay. So okay. he's not uh, he's not earning any money. He's also 19 years older than I am. Is he healthy so now? He's okay. He's kind of stable. Okay. So he's, yeah, thank okay. you for asking. So it's like a, I'm battling this, whether this is my intuition or whether this is kind of, my sister tried to have her own business a few years back and she passed away, unfortunately, seven years ago. And after she passed away, we found out that she was completely out of money. Mm. and she always pretended like everything was really, really good, and I'm asking whether it's actually just my fear telling me go and stop and go and find a job before it goes pear shape. Mm. Okay. So there is there is this kind of how do I know whether this is my intuition? How do I drop fully into this not trusting actually at the moment when it comes out like this? I'm just yeah. not trusting that what I'm hearing is the right thing. Well, maybe not trusting it, maybe misinterpreting too, right? Because our intuition comes to us in various forms and our mind can make meaning of things really quickly. Before we get there, and we'll get there, I want to back up. Tell me about your business so far. Tell me about your coaching so far. Who do you coach? How have you found clients so far? What what has been the history of your business up until now? Mm -hmm. So I am an imposter syndrome and transformational coach, imposter syndrome, particularly because I used to struggle with massive imposter syndrome when I was an executive for four or five years, like panic attacks Mm -hmm. and really, really bad imposter syndrome. Um, I've been because of my global network. So I used to in a corporation, I used to work and travel and work in Dubai and Vietnam and Japan and London. So because of my network, I started signing clients very quickly. I simply just started reaching out to people. And because I they, they've known me, I started signing clients very quickly the first month. So my mm-hmm. clients are mostly one-on-one. And then from there, I started networking here locally. So I start now having clients in person. 
so it's from networking, from my network from before, and my social media exposure. That would be the three ways. And like, I'm happy to talk about the income. Like, it, like last year, I've earned thirty three thousand pounds, mm-hmm. and this year so far, forty thousand pounds, mm-hmm. which is for the first time coach. I like really I find good. this yeah really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At the same time, I I keep spending more money than I'm earning. Like this year, I've I've spent sixteen thousand more than I've earned. Mm-hmm. I was doing the finances because I do have money saved up from my corporate job, but I'm also asking, you know, like, am I going to run out of money like my sister did? Yeah. And I it's, at the same time, I still keep spending. <laughs> and what mm-hmm. I do keep spending is is actually coaching programs and, and, you know, all the kind of personal development stuff. So investing. Investing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how do you define imposter syndrome? The definition that really resonates with me is fearing to be judged by other people, how we judge ourselves internally. Mm-hmm. And how did it mainly show up for you? Well, when I, when I was struggling with imposter syndrome, it was just like, I was just absolutely no self-belief in what I was doing. And the more successful I got was it was, but I would never show, nobody ever knew what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So how that would be showing up for me, because in my family, I'm coming from a dysfunctional family who is very good at pretending. So my family is complete shit show uh, growing up from alcohol to partying to sex to drama behind the closed doors, but on the outside, super sorted and a perfect family. Mm. And this is when I was going through the imposter syndrome for, as I said, five years. That was exactly my case. Like I was so great at pretending that everything was okay. And my sister was so great at pretending that everything was okay with her business until she passed away. And then we found out that she was in debt. Mm-hmm. And so there is this, there is definitely this kind of like, okay, I'm showing up on social media really strongly. And I've really believe I love coaching and I know what impact I make on people. But what about if it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. And I'm still, but I'm coming up like from the place like this is so fucking sorted and I've got everything sorted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what about if it is just a game or what about if I'm just pretending again? Well, let's answer that question. What if it doesn't work? What if it's just a game? It's okay. What will happen? I'll go and find a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the fear really is? I'm not feeling safe. How are you not feeling safe? Oh, the emotion coming up. Mm-hmm safe not safe feeling alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so feeling alone what else not being supported mm-hmm. nobody gives a flying fuck mm. about what you yeah mm. Just scared. Mm-hmm. And, and that reminds you of what? That reminds me of, I actually spoke with my mom. That reminds me of my childhood. Nobody caring, even though, you know, it's it's not true. Of course, 
but that's how I see that. And I spoke with my mom on last week on Sunday, actually, and she told me about something when I was three years old. Um, they used to ask our neighbors to look after me because they had to go to work. And I was, uh, the neighbors had, there were five guys, five boys living there. And mm. apparently I would come back home with like bites in my cheeks. Mm. And I was, I was screaming and shouting and crying and just holding on to mom, mm. asking her not to put me there. I'm so and sorry. All my, all my life, I've just been feeling really unsafe. I just yeah. don't know why, even though like our family was dysfunctional, but we had also, you know, just was just very up and down. It was amazing and then it was just shitty. But this thing with me just you know, being looked after somebody. And there's also a lot of stuff around my relationships. Like I've been married for 25 years with my husband, 26 but I'm recovering love addict and using sex as, you know. Way to get love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my husband doesn't know about any of my affairs. I, like I've gone such a long journey in the last three, four years, especially, but uh, yeah, it's just, I just, I just feel like, if I just let go, there's this massive black hole that's just going to just eat me up. Black hole of what? Like, like, like nobody will even remember that I existed, which is not true because my, my parents really love me and we have a very close relationship. My husband really loves me. I've got so many close friends. And actually, it even feels like I would sometimes like just to be mm -hmm. eaten up by the black hole and just disappear. Yeah. You can imagine that might feel like a bit of a relief or a lot of a relief. It does, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So what it feels like your intuition is speaking to you or helping you become more aware of is this deep longing and need to be held, to be safe, to have someone taking care of you. Because if your own mother at three years old couldn't even keep you in a safe home, there's a long, long history and subconscious pattern of, I just have to take care of myself. No one was really there for me. And I have to do it all on my own, which has made you very successful and ambitious and you can achieve. And like you said, if you needed to, you could go get another job. But it seems to me like what your soul is asking for is not a giving up, not a resignation, not even a complete surrender, but more moving into more of that receptive, receiving, being held, being supportive energy rather than doing and giving and producing, which has been a coping strategy, right? You mentioned the love addiction, but also work has been a coping strategy too. Achievement has been a coping strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were to close your eyes right now and just 
put a hand on your heart, a hand on your belly. And you just tuned in and asked that little girl, the three-year-old seems really present right now. Like what she really needs right now. What does she say? She needs me. What does she need from you? Just to take her away from there. And to where? Just anywhere, but just be with her. Okay. Can you do that right now? Yeah. I feel like she's just tired. I'm sure she's exhausted. She's been holding in a trauma response for a very, very long time. Takes a lot of energy to hold that. There's also one more thing that happened over the last few months. So my last affair was like five, six years ago, which was really the catalyst to my awakening and my spiritual journey because it was so bad in combination with the imposter syndrome it was really really bad and so I closed myself up completely to men just to get on my healing journey and and met my tantric teacher last year so I've done a lot of work and then there was a man who walked into my life this January and I was really because my husband is 19 years older after brain cancer so there is a lot of stuff that I had to kind of work out of how how do I move forward as a woman as what does that mean for me like for me leaving him is not an option because I just don't want to he can't look after himself and I just can't leave him I don't want I choose not to leave him but when this man came to my love life early this year I was really contemplating whether to go and he wanted to get connected whether to go into that relationship or not. And I made a decision in in April that I was going to in March. And so we started seeing each other and, you know, being very clear that I'm married and that I'm not going to leave my husband. And I have in him discovered something I have never, ever felt with anybody else as so much intimacy, which I never even knew existed and the most amazing conversations and it was really, really lovely. And three weeks ago, he broke up with me because basically just can't take it that I'm married. And we had lots of conversations around this. And so it was a beautiful conscious uncoupling. We really just left it really nicely. And I'm so grateful for that. It's almost like if I see how far I came on my own healing journey. And again, it was just like, something so beautiful that came to my life and just brought something new and it and has gone again and even though I'm like really really so grateful for it but at the same time it's like okay all on my own again and then I don't mean all on my own but just like I get it I understand the feeling yeah and I can I can feel it so, as you know, from being a coach, and you said you listened to this show before we started recording, you know, one of the, the challenges of being a human being is that we're highly relational and we're deeply spiritual. <laughs> and 
there's so much healing that comes from finding that divine mother, divine father, that coming home inside of us. And we're still living in this reality with other human beings. And so there is a need to be connected to people as well. What is coming up for me is that there's a deeper level of healing that's up for you right now. I can tell you've done a lot of work and it seems like there's a huge opportunity for some very deep, very thorough inner child healing and trauma healing. Um, Because also you're going to keep drawing in other men because there's a part of you that's still looking for that parental love, that parental safety. You know, we're always trying to recreate the love we didn't get as a child. So whatever aspects of love and safety and validation and attention um, and safety to express that you didn't get as a child, you'll draw in different partners that bring that out of you or continue to reinforce where, you know, you're not worthy of it. You know, it's one or the other. And what it seems like is that work to some degree has been a bit of a distraction at times. And so as much as doing coaching programs, and I know in any coaching program, because I I run a coaching program, well, I should say I co-run a coaching program, Elementum, there's always personal development, but it's, you're always kind of looking at it at the eye of how am I going to use this with my clients and myself? Like it seems to me like there's a greater initiation into you really coming home to yourself and and reclaiming that inner child who I think is very, very exiled right now. Um, back to your question about intuition, to me, what that part of you is saying is that I need to let go of the doing and the distraction so I actually can come home to myself. I can all these different ages that have been fragmented off so I can like really integrate all parts of me and so that I can actually start receiving. Now, it doesn't mean that if a client is referred to you or comes your way, you have to say no, but it's less about how am I creating things on the external world versus how am I just actually allowing myself to receive what I need right now. So I don't think it means stop quote unquote doing because how do we stop doing? We stop living. You know, we are, we have the doing part of us. You know, we can call it doing and being. We can call it masculine, feminine. We can't just be. <laughs> you know, there's there's an element to it. But it's sort of like asking yourself, what is the, the why for my doing? What's the energy it's riding on? Like, for example, signing up for this call. You still did something, but what was your why? Having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, but what specifically did you desire? What specifically was the intention? Specifically was to be coached by you, one. Yeah, right, to be supported. Yeah. To receive. Yeah. To receive. So you still may do some things, but I feel like the energy needs to be more of like, I'm doing this in order to be supported to receive something versus I'm doing this in order to make something happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the the beautiful thing about surrender and letting go or whatever we want to call it is that it does allow for what actually needs to come forward to happen. You know, and if you notice how I coached you today was a little bit of a model of that. 
Notice I didn't jump in and try to find the answer or try to explain something. It was asking you a lot of questions and allowing what needed to come forward to come forward. It was definitely more of a being approach with you than a doing. And how did that feel for you? Really good. What felt good about it? Just being supported, being heard, writing yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, what I do with my clients and I just find it so like I you know, this is what I'm feeling right now is me being more in my being and just I, I love what you just said doing from the place of accepting support or doing with the purpose of being of receiving I love exactly. that it really really resonates that, exactly. that it's, that's a massive shift uh, in my perspective that really resonates and the work that I do with my clients is just I feel that's my calling Mm -hmm. And it's just so aligned to my soul. Mm -hmm. And I so feel what you're saying, just like I do, I am ready for a deeper level of, like, I just need myself. Mm -hmm. Well, you need all parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens to the inner child through trauma over time is that it just gets stuck in various parts and various ages. And we never know whether... Because we're always subconsciously creating things way more often than we're consciously creating. Mm -hmm. And so we never know whether the person we're drawing in, the choices we're making, the career we're pursuing is actually from our present day conscious self or is from an, an inner child piece, mm -hmm. you know, a piece that had a part that's been exiled, a part that didn't get what it needed mm -hmm. in that. And so I think this strong pull that you're feeling from your intuition to let go of the doing think your mind made it mean well what do I just sit and do nothing and wait that feels terrifying mm -hmm. and then you're going to doubt your intuition right which in doubt is a huge thing that happens for kids that don't feel safe mm -hmm. because in order for kids to feel safe they need to know their parents got them that they're safe to explore and that if something happens their parents will be there and you didn't have that you were thrown right into survival so it's interesting because you have this polarity of a one side being really confident and sure of yourself and on the other side having a lot of self-doubt, right? So that super sure part has has been a compensation for the places in which you're feeling that doubt. And what was beautiful is how quickly that three-year-old came up and it's like, I just need to be, you know, taken out of this memory. And that's a big part of the inner child work that you know, we do in our inner child workshop and then I do individually with clients is not going back and reliving trauma, but going back to that three-year-old who's begging her mom not to leave her there and saying, I got you, sweetheart. You don't have to go to that house. Come with me. And you can tell me all about how you felt about having to go there. I'm here for you. So there is a do doing <laughs> But it's, it's the intention is more of like, how can I welcome and make all these parts of me that don't feel safe and feel so alone, feel supported, feel loved, 
feel like I've got them. Does that resonate with you? Very much so. Yeah. 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 And again, it doesn't mean you don't share on social media if you feel like there's something really on your heart. It doesn't mean when people ask you what you do, you don't say, I'm a transformational coach. No, it doesn't mean if you're super inspired, you don't create. So the way I like to think about surrender is that inspiration versus motivation leads. So if you think of inspiration, that's in spirit. It's an internal thing. And the doer responds to the beingness. So inspiration comes from when you're just being in your life, being in the world, you're in nature, in the shower, you're in meditation, whatever. You're on a call like this with me where you're just really receiving and boom, something drops in. And then you act on it. Versus motivation is I need to do something. Let me go out and search outside of me with my mind for that thing I need to do and then push myself to do it. Or inspiration is I'm pulled by something that came through in my beingness. So you can reframe doing as I'm only doing when I'm responding to what comes through my beingness. And that's exactly what I've been hearing the last few months. Okay. Is it making a little more sense? Do you have a clearer picture of what it means though now? Yeah, it's definitely, it's correspondence with, with yeah, exactly what I've been feeling and just mind going in there, trying to rationalize it, I think. And that. Well, I'm trying to protect you mm-hmm. because you learned at a young age, you couldn't trust your feelings. Mm-hmm. Like you knew at three years old, that house was not safe to go to, mm-hmm. but you had to keep being, and I'm sure you knew it before you even stepped foot there. Mm-hmm. You felt something and it was overridden, 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 overridden. And that's just one of, I'm sure, thousands of examples of you knowing something and it not being respected and not being heard. Mm. And so, of course, your mind is going to be like, oh, wait, we got to like really make sure on this one. So I would I would reframe it as I think more accurately to say, oh, wow, it's it's actually not me being rational. It's actually me trying to protect myself. Mm-hmm. the best way I'm choosing to protect myself now is actually hearing those younger parts and being there for them and with them. And I have, a re- I have a real thing with receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, as we are on this call, I am looking at the clock and looking at, I don't want to take too much of your time. Mm-hmm. Feeling like, okay, I'm sure you've got loads of stuff to do you know, I've, I've, you know, I got my allocated time. I should let you go now. Right. Because what happens if someone loves you too much or gives you too much? What happens to your nervous system and your body? Yeah, I don't know what to do with it. Right. Right. And this is, this, I'm very present to this. This is happening with, with people's time, with people's attention, with people, mm-hmm. and even with my husband, love, like really, he really, really, really loves me. And it's, it's a very bizarre relationship and many people don't understand it. I, even I don't understand it, but uh, I am struggling to understand why he loves me. Mm-hmm. And he's such a supporter of me and, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Don't get it. 
So instead of struggling, could you be curious? Yeah. To be curious mm-hmm. and let other people's support and love of you start to model how to really love yourself, how to love that little one inside. Because oftentimes where people trip up in their child work is they just go to mentally reassuring the child mm-hmm. versus actually with their feeling, with their heart, with their body, with their somatic feel and love that child inside. So this is a beautiful example and thank you for sharing it of that part of you where it just started to feel a little too much. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh gosh, well, I better like let her wrap it up because she's got things to do when I actually wasn't even aware of the time. Mm-hmm. I was just really present with you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So where you get to stretch is in that receiving. Mm-hmm. Is really allowing that receiving to, like, it's, it's, I'm sure you're, well, you may be familiar with the term edging. If we think about edging and trauma, it's like where you allow yourself to edge a little bit, mm-hmm. um, where it feels uncomfortable, but you know you're still safe to stay in rather than opt out. Cause you easily could have gone instead of saying, I'm aware of your time. You easily could have gone, thank you so much, Christine. I got exactly what I needed and we could have wrapped up the call. But instead you edged and said, this is what I'm experiencing. And that helped you lean into more support. So you just, that's the practice. Keep stretching your capacity to receive. And by not being so distracted by doing, there'll be more opportunity for that. Mm. What are you feeling in your body now? I'm feeling tension leaving. But it it feels, this is the first time I have realized this. Like I I know about my receiving challenge. Um, And I realized it when I went to Italy this year, earlier this year to see my cousin, like I felt so guilty for spending so much, taking so much of her time. It was Mm. so, I was like, wow, my whole body was stiff. Mm. But this is what I just realized now telling you how, how strong that is really. Mm -hmm. And how uncomfortable that is. Mm -hmm. Yet it's what you want more than anything. Is to be supported. In order to be supported and not feel alone, you have to receive. Mm. Otherwise, you'll just try to get it through intimate relationships that you can't fully go the distance in because you're not fully available. So try to piecemeal it together rather than getting it from what is there. Your husband right now, in whatever ways that that relationship, you know, is available to it from your friends, from spirituality from you know the beautiful thing about when we do inner child work is we have these all these inner children and parts of us that come alive again and they become a great source of love Mm -hmm. so now it's just about listening continuing to listen your intuition is very strong very strong yeah so it's it's trusting it and being curious about the messages. Mm-hmm. 
So less figuring it out, more curiosity. And I have loved supporting you today. It's been so lovely. So yeah, I feel really, I feel like I'm a feather <laughs> falling down on the little bit of a cloud right now. Mm-hmm. Just Beautiful. like so what would be beautiful to do after we hang up is just to lay down and just imagine light filling every part of your body and just intend to be in the energetic of receiving lay down and just repeat yourself i am receiving i open to receive i am receiving and just let the light and the love pour in Thank you, Michaela, so much for your vulnerability. That was a long call as it deserved to be. So my wrap up here won't be too long. What I do want to point out here is that in coaching, sometimes there's the impulse to intervene when someone needs it. It's going on with their story or when you just know that actually intervening and stopping them will serve them. And then sometimes there's a very healing opportunity in just letting someone speak, asking questions and allowing someone to process. And that's what happened with Michaela today. She asked for an answer about what her intuition was telling her. And I, I had a pretty clear answer or at least thing to offer her right when she asked the question. But when coaching someone on their intuition, I'm always careful not to jump in with my answer because then it just disconnects them more from their own intuition. So we really got to talk and explore. And what we got to is there's a little girl in there who just is terrified and you heard about her life and we just heard a piece of it. I mean, how would you not be terrified? And she's compensated by doing, by achieving, by being successful. And there's a part of her that's so afraid to receive because one, there's doesn't think she's worth it. And two, surrendering and receiving can feel very scary because we have to be very still. And when we're not in motion, either mentally or physically, and that stillness comes in, it often can trigger a fear response because if you grew up with any kind of abuse, any kind of chaos, you know that when things got quiet, when things got still, that wasn't always a good sign. It's the calm before the storm. So we keep ourselves moving to both avoid chaos and to avoid the feelings that are there. So many of us have wounds and trauma that we've been carrying around for decades. And if we keep ourselves busy and distracted enough, then we don't have to feel that pain. If we do surrender and and receive and let go and stop, then there's an invitation to feel that often isn't a party that we want to attend. So my invitation to Michaela was to really do things receive. Even at the end of the call, I asked her just to not do anything, just to lay down on her bed and just bask in that energetic of receiving. And two, to connect more deeply with that younger part, that inner child, which often is my answer for so many of us, because that's what so many of us need. And to me, what her intuition was asking for was not a complete stop, but rather moving from that place of inspiration rather than motivation really allowing her intuition to come up with the ideas, whether it's, you know, call this person or whether it's rest today. And then her mind and her doing can go from there. So it's moving from that being to doing, that feminine to masculine, that inspiration to, okay, now I'll take action. It's going that direction versus I'm just going to act. I'm just going to do, I'm just going to drive as a way to avoid what's happening inside. 
So we want to move from the inside and take action in response to it rather than taking action to avoid what we're feeling inside. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 